Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is Ann Smith-Tate, the President and CEO of the Shawnee Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Ann. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate it. Well, tell us about some of the key initiatives or programs that the Shawnee Chamber's focused on these days. The primary things that we are focused on right now is workforce. That is a huge issue for all of our businesses, um, from our smallest employers to our largest, is identifying ways to help attract more workers to the area, help create unique ways to um, excite the workforce about the jobs that are in Shawnee and and beyond. And, you know, we've done that through engagement with our schools. We've created a couple of scholarships. We have a Betty Charlton scholarship that is for high school students going on to a four-year college. And then we just launched our SEDC Career Ready Scholarship. And that is really targeted at uh, students that are interested in going into the construction trade. So maybe not moving on to a four-year school, but going directly into um, a trade school for you know electrical plumbing, HVAC, carpentry, or directly into employment with a local contractor. And that's so important. Even before the pandemic and recent emphasis on labor shortage, there was a labor shortage for years prior to that in the constructions and the trades industry. And, and you know, it's having a huge ripple impact because projects are delayed with uh, inflation right now and just the cost of materials. It's escalating these project costs. And so it's it's just, it all kind of comes back to this need to have a really strong labor force in, in the entire metro. So the scholarships, we're enhancing our way to uh, our employment uh, job posting features so we can make a very robust local job board, if you will, uh, you know, we just did a recent survey, 64% of our members are struggling with skilled labor. And and this will be something that continues to go on. I mean, our graduating class of 2023 is much smaller than it was 10 years ago. And that's a trend that will continue. So we just don't, aren't graduating as many people. And Kansas in general is seeing um, an outmigration of people. So how do we create ways to get people back to, and that's really more on the quality of life piece of it creating good jobs, but creating a place where people want to come home and raise a family. And so that's really another initiative that we're working on through the Shawnee Chamber is revitalizing our downtown area. Over the past four years, five years, we've seen about $65 million in private investment on top of the $40 million that the city has put in in infrastructure investment. So new breweries, a James Beard Award I finalist. I was ready to yes. mention that. If you weren't, that's so exciting. It's very exciting. Drastic measures downtown Shawnee. It's a beautifully done historic kind of uh, cocktail lounge. It's the the limestone from the 1800s. Very warm and inviting and the drinks are just unbelievable. So very exciting. I mean, you see all these Honolulu, Seattle, um, I forget, New York, and then Shawnee, Kansas. So I love it. I love it. So uh, new restaurants, um, District Poorhouse should be opening soon. Another, you know, Gelato. Your listeners might be familiar with Flying Cow that's over in Westwood. They're opening another one in Shawnee. So lots of great things. Mother Clucker. So and industrial is an important focus for us. We have just emerged from COVID. It did hurt a lot of small businesses, but it also, for a lot of them, it let them know what they were made of. They learned how resilient they could be, how flexible they could be. And actually, some of them found new opportunities. So as we sit here in the second quarter of 2023, what are some of the challenges and what are some of the opportunities that you're seeing for small businesses? You mentioned the workforce issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Workforce would be the number one issue. But I think it's really 
reevaluating their business plan, it was a great time for them to sort of step back and say, is this the plan that will carry us forward in the next decade into you know, what is a very changing business environment for everybody. So we've seen some of our businesses pivot on how they are delivering their services. Certainly the restaurant industry has been completely disrupted on how they deliver services. But just whether it's office or even some of our industrial and the way that they are now onshoring some of their supplies, we've got a local business that's wanting to bring their suppliers closer. So they're trying to buy land to do that, to make sure that they don't have that disruption again. So, you know, not one thing, but just a myriad of things that people are really taking stock of and looking at how they evolve their business. How does the Shawnee Chamber advocate for and support its business members? Right. So we spend a lot of time just trying to get out and understand the issues because every business has a different issue, right? I mean, there are some universal things that we're, that we're addressing that I mentioned before, but we pride ourselves on being small enough and nimble enough to really get to know our businesses, our business community, our members. So understanding what their needs are. And then we advocate at the federal, state, and local level for their needs. Um, some of it might be as simple as some entitlement challenges that they're having getting their business open, incentive negotiations with the city or the state. And then there's you know bigger policy issues out there right now um, at the state level. We have a lobbyist that we work with. And so she's there in Topeka all the time reporting back. And, and we're meeting consistently with our legislative body to make sure that they understand what the business needs are. Because sometimes they hear a lot from our citizen constituents, which is amazing, but the businesses need to have their collective voice too. And that's what we hope to offer for those members. Well, and on some of those larger policy issues that cross city boundaries, your advocacy is actually working for all businesses in the state or in the region, actually. Right. We have the Johnson County Public Policy Council, which unites all of the Johnson County chambers. But then, of course, we work with our friends in Wyandotte County, Greater Kansas City Chamber, to really identify and use our collective voice to make sure that this part of the state's being represented. How you work with other local organizations and with stakeholders to achieve your goals. I'm a huge believer in the power of our region and regionalism. I've lived and worked on both sides of this state line, worked for communities in Kansas and Missouri. So I feel like I have a good perspective of how important it is to work with our neighbors. I mean, we're all united in the great Midwestern values and community. And so I think that we truly rise together. You know, I was just excited to see the announcement of the Kiwit building in Lenexa. I'm like, that's not in Shawnee. I mean, but seeing office being built is very exciting. Seeing that project that they've worked on is, you know, coming to fruition is wonderful. So we work with our neighboring partners through public policy. We have a president's council with our chambers. We also are investors in the Kansas City Area Development Council, and they work to promote the entire region sort of 50 miles and out of the Kansas City border. And then, of course, with our Department of Commerce, kind of at all levels, wherever we can, we want to be a good partner. You mentioned the Kiwit Building in Lenexa. What is the Shawnee Chamber doing to promote economic development and specifically growth in the region? Are there any similar kinds of projects going on in, in Shawnee? Office will probably be a challenge for most communities going forward, but we're really very focused on industrial. The, we see the K7 corridor as our 
corridor of growth over the next decade or so. We've got um, various multifamily projects, single family, and then about three and a half million square feet of industrial that will be um, built along that area. We're really now kind of pushing on how do we get a little more services out in that area. Retail is, is still a challenging environment right now. We're not seeing a lot of the big box retailers um, expand, but bringing goods and services to that corridor is a focus of ours. So when you talk about the industrial development along that corridor, uh, what types of industry are you seeing? Can you name a few of them? So we have actually seen with the Panasonic announcement, we are starting to see uh, semiconductor chip and, you know, suppliers that are looking for space. Uh, we, for a while, we had a tremendous amount of food production that was looking. That has slowed, I would say, in the last six to seven months. We haven't seen as many projects come through that look like that. But we really, you know, we want to see manufacturers. I mean, we want those quality jobs that are going to pay a quality wage for our citizens. And, and they really come in kind of all spectrums. But with, again, the Panasonic announcement, we think that we are very, very well positioned to be home to any number of those suppliers. Bringing those offshore back into the Midwest, I mean, we're very well positioned from a geographic standpoint with our accessibility to, you know, 80% of the population within, you know, less than 48 hours. So that makes the whole Kansas City area very attractive. And, you know, there's a lot of work afoot to attract more of that foreign direct investment. So, you know, making Kansas City sort of top of mind, which is hard when you're competing against the coastal cities that everybody knows from, you know, people know New York City more than Kansas City. So it's it's. It's creating, changing though. It's, we're working on it. Wait, we're working the, the on it. The draft hasn't happened yet. I know. Uh, and we, we've got the World Cup coming up. I mean, there's all kinds of things. That so are many on. great yeah, things. Chiefs. Our Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of those things that are really putting us on the James map. James Beard winners. I know. It's <laughs> exciting. Absolutely. You mentioned a little earlier that there has been an out migration of late from Kansas, but yet I hear all these things that are going on. So what what are the factors behind the out migration? I don't know if I could pinpoint one answer, but, you know, a lot of our colleges and universities are graduating Kansas students that are born and raised in Kansas, and then they're going off to another maybe bigger metro area for different job opportunities. So I think making sure that we keep those job opportunities and those quality of life things. I mean, you just mentioned a couple of really fun things that are going to be happening for the region with the draft. The World Cup is just an unbelievable get for the whole area. You know, things that they're doing along the riverfront. I grew up on the Mississippi River and so, so much of our town was centered around the river, right? And so I am so happy to see that that we're finally doing that in Kansas City, not turning our backs to that river, but embracing that whole area. I think that's going to be really exciting for years to come. Right. Well, and you mentioned that. That's another first is the uh, stadium that's being built for the women's soccer team, too. I mean, that's that's another big... I think I just saw they had a record crowd, so... Yeah, exciting. I think I saw the same thing. Do you have any upcoming events that our listeners from around the Kansas City region could be interested in. We always have something going on at the chamber. Uh, we're actually doing in honor of Earth Day. One of our big partners in Shawnee is Waste Management. And so we've partnered with them to do an Earth Day event, a cleanup in the community. And that 
is really open to anybody. It's on April 21st. So if people want to come out and do a little good and then we're having lunch afterward. Earth Day is technically April 22nd, but we're doing this on Friday, April 21st. And then we always have coffees. We have a lunch coming up talking about our partnership with DeSoto and uh, the Panasonic plant. And then, you know, going down the line, we do a trivia night, which is really fun. And people have had a great time doing that. So that's something that's open to everybody as well, whether you're a chamber member or not. Tell us a little bit about your background and how it led you to the Shawnee Chamber of Commerce. You're also the executive director of the Economic Development Organization there. And you said you've worked both sides of the state line. So tell us about Anne and and how you got to this position. Not a super interesting story, but sure. So I've been in this economic development chamber world for 20 years now. I started initially with the Overland Park Chamber of Commerce doing economic development there, business retention. And I literally had never heard the term economic development before I started. I knew I had a degree in community health, public health, which, gosh, would have been helpful in the last couple of years. But uh, and I worked in some nonprofits around the Kansas City metro, but I, I just didn't see long term it being something I wanted to do. But I've always been fascinated with sort of the built environment, like how do some communities really thrive? How do some not? I am passionate about building community, especially in our downtowns. That was very important to me in my little hometown of Burlington, Iowa. And I think that's really special for people. It brings a connection back to them. Somebody introduced me to uh, Brian Starner, who is my boss in Overland Park and worked there. And then opportunity opened up in Independence, Missouri. And I was the economic development manager for Independence for about 11 and a half, almost 12 years. And that was a really unique experience, very different community from Overland Park and very different challenges and opportunities to be had. So we spent a lot of time working with them. And then this position opened up in Shawnee and it seemed like the right fit at the right time in my career and the kind of the next step. And they had restructured. So it was both economic development, which really had been my background and the chamber. And it's been a wonderful experience. I have a wonderful team that works with us. We have great people that are passionate about what they do and care about our members and care about the community. You mentioned, as, as you were talking about your career path there, that there are certain things that you've always been fascinated by. And one of those is, why do some communities thrive and other communities seem to always be struggling? Uh, given all of your experience, and it's, a very, it's very broad, uh, what have you seen from your own experience that helps communities thrive? There's any number of factors that can geography, topography, that can make development challenging. And, and that's always hard for a community when they don't have the inventory, when they don't have that proper land that can really develop into the next thing that their community needs. But primarily, the most important piece of it comes down to working for that big vision and working together. I mean, you know, your school districts, your private industry, your local government, your state government. And that's why I think chambers are so important because we can always play right in the middle of that. We are the hub of that wheel, right? We're right in that um, connecting all of those. But lockstep, knowing what you want for your community and being true and consistent to that. It's very, very easy for all of us, no matter the industry, to get you know pulled off in the crisis du jour, right? Like, what's the big issue today and, and what's causing all of the fuss? But learning to lead is so much harder than 
just being good customer service. People want to see things happen quickly, but in the world where you work, change is a long time coming. Some of these projects, you can do your annual planning and work with your stakeholders, your partners, as you said, but it can take years. A lot of times the people who started some of the things that you're seeing built now, they're long gone, but they, the work they did started it. But it takes that long sometimes to make those things happen. It really does. I mean, the arc of a big project can take decades. And and in that time, you have leadership changes, you have political changes, you have changes in the financial world is doing. Where are we? Uh, Interest rates right now are definitely compressing some of the activity that we see out there. So staying true to that vision is really hard and keeping people. It's always it's that proverbial hurting cats. Like, how are you keeping all of these disparate views still focused on the goal and making sure that 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 goal is really well communicated? How do we make sure that people are continually bought in on that? So looking ahead, what do you see as the future of the Shawnee business community? One, how is the chamber driving that future? And second, how is it preparing for that future? I think our biggest opportunity, again, will be along the industrial corridor of 43rd Street out on the K-7 corridor. One of our biggest challenges, to be very candid, is making sure that those businesses that come in from there, you know, maybe a relocation from Wisconsin, like how do we get that business bought in and committed to the local community? You know, they may be moving in from outside. And how do we get them to really care about Shawnee, about Kansas City, and making sure that they're involved because we need to be able to have that good relationship with people. And sometimes, you know, we try and get in there and they're like, what is it you want? And so just building those relationships to say, no, what we want is for you to be successful. And however we can help you with that is very key. So that uh, K-7 corridor, developing that area is going to be prime for us over the next decade. I think that's really where we're putting a lot of our focus. Of course, revitalizing our downtown, that unique opportunity for our citizens is something that they have really wanted. It's something that we think can kind of be a little bit unique for Johnson County. And there's definitely an interest in kind of going back to the heart of a community and seeing that redevelop. And and that's, to me, that's where, I think for me, that was an important part of my childhood is taking the bus to her downtown and, you know, going to the shops and the record store and going to Woolworths. And that's how old I am. <laughs> uh, so I think that if you can help create that for a community, I mean, that's, that's magic. That's amazing. We're continually trying to evolve our business as well. I mean, Chambers have been around, you know, we just celebrated our 75th anniversary a couple of years ago. It was a great celebration and we were able to have the great grandson of E. Paul Amos that started our chamber was uh, chair at our 75th anniversary, Parker Amos. It was it was a really great celebration, great time to be involved in the chamber. But, you know, chambers, associations, organizations like that, they you know, we're all kind of at this turning point with how do we continue to be valuable to our businesses when it isn't just local anymore. I mean, everybody's global. And so how do we bring that value? How do we still serve as that connector, convener, advocator for these businesses? And you know, we, we believe in the power of getting together and face-to-face and having conversations and getting to know your neighbor and finding those connections. But um, how do we get that next generation to 
find power and value in that as well. You know, it's a conversation in sort of the greater chamber world, and it's something that that I challenge my staff with too: is how do we excel at what we're doing and think differently about it. And thank you so much for being with us on this episode of Banking on KC. We really appreciate everything that you're doing, not just for Shawnee, but for the Kansas City metro region in general. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Appreciate our partnership with Country Club Bank. And thank you for allowing me a few minutes of your day. This is Joe Close, president of Country Club Bank. Thank you to Ann Smith-Tate for being our guest on this episode of Banking on KC. Like much of our metro, Shawnee is growing and has identified opportunities for thriving well into the future. Regional collaboration is one reason so much of the Kansas City area is experiencing success and gaining attention nationally. As Ann points out, in a region united by Midwestern values and common interests, we all rise together. Country Club Bank, with 21 locations throughout the metro, understands the importance of collaboration among our various communities. We appreciate the work our local chambers do in the communities they serve, and we value the opportunity to work alongside them. Thanks for tuning in today. We're banking on you, Kansas City. Country Club Bank, member FDIC.